Anyway, so I want to start off by asking you this question. If you want to get better at something, or, or really, if you want to get better as a person, what is something that you would do? Practice being a person, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can practice, especially something. Like if it's, I want to get better at, at woodworking, the only way to get better at it is practicing. You can watch all the YouTube videos you want, but until you actually uh, step into the wood shop and work on wood, you're not going to get better at it, right? Uh, if I want to get better uh, as a person, and I guess this is this is kind of me personally, but I think that a, a key aspect to that is like self-evaluation. Okay, so so I need to to stop and say, hey, Owen, you're not being patient right now. How can you be more patient? Uh, hey, Owen, you're not being a good husband right now. How can you be? A better husband and you know I, I have to stop and I have to evaluate myself and I have to check and see is am I living in accordance with God's Word am I living in accordance with the Spirit am I following after Christ and those are valid things to stop and say hey am I doing this so I, I, I believe and right I mean I think rightfully so and biblically so that that we ought to be evaluating ourselves as Christians and as a church, right? That we ought to be comparing ourselves to Scripture to say, hey, is this, is this picture in Scripture of the church what we look like today? And I, I want to ask a question today in order to help us evaluate that question, ask a question to help us answer the question. Uh, and the question is, first off, what is a business? What is a business? I mean, just simply, I mean, in its, in its most basic sense, what is a business? Something that you do for profit. So that's if I own the business, right, me going and uh, John is a, a tree trimmer, right? That, that is John's business, right? Um, and who does, who does John do that for? What would, it, what would that person be called, the person who is doing something for? Customer, right? So, so on both ends of the spectrum, right, both ends of the, the business spectrum, we have what I would, I think we would probably all agree on, right, that there is a, a customer or a consumer of product and a provider of product, right? So we have producer and consumer, two ends, both things. <coughs> And I want to ask you another question, and, and I don't want you to think that I'm, that I'm calling us a business, because I'm not, okay? That's, that's not what my goal is, that's not the purpose of this class. But I want to ask you, when we look at a business like that, take out money, take out, uh, take out the, the fact where you would, you would pay for the service, but if we were to look at ourselves... Do we look like a producer-consumer people, right? We know that the world looks like that. The world operates like that. That's how the world has to operate. Everything done out there, you, you do something and you receive something. You, 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 you start a business and you receive money from uh, uh, getting customers, right? <coughs> so, that's basically my question. 
does that definition of the church, does that definition describe the church in any way? I'm not saying it does. I'm just asking you a question. What? It should describe the church as in like we have a producer like uh, elders, ministers, and consumers as the people in the audience. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I think that that in a way, uh, that's definitely true because we uh, we want to we want to give out to the world the good news that we have, right? So, uh, in a sense, we are producing that. Uh, good news for the the people of the world to consume. (laughs) However, uh, we're going to look at today that this is not a biblical picture of what the church should look like, okay? Now, I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, maybe, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, Owen, we're obviously not a producer-consumer church. Maybe you're right. But I know for a fact that I've sat in audiences and in, in pews, and that's what we call it, an audience. I know for a fact that I've, I've worried about what the PowerPoint looks like because I'm worried about what the people will think about the service that they are receiving on a Sunday morning. I don't think that's the right way to view things. But I know that that's where I've been. I know that I've sat in a pew and thought, man, this is the most boring thing I've ever done. I've sat there and I've thought that. Okay, I have. You want to know why I'm thinking those things, though? I'm thinking those things because I'm just there to consume. I'm just there to say, what can you give me today? This is not a biblical description of, of what the church is. It's not. And, and we need to do a good job to watch out for that, to check ourselves for that, and to grow out of that if that's where we're at. So if you want to go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. Real quick, before we read that, I want to read this. Uh, this is an excerpt from the book, but it says, There is a sense of we are here to help you. But who is we and who is the you? Doesn't or don't the you have a responsibility to the we? And I know that's probably confusing. But you... <laughs> The yous have a responsibility to the we, and the we have a responsibility to the you. That means both people in the party, both the receiver and the giver, are both receiver and giver. There's not a distinction between them. And, and we'll talk about that more. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But First Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, But in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones. So living stones, right? I mean, you're you're alive, right? I hope so. You're alive and you, you 
you're active, not just uh, not just in the in the physical sense where your uh, your body is able to move and your heart is able to beat, but spiritually you are alive and you are a living stone that God is building His church with. And you, these living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be, right, to be a holy priesthood, right? Not to be a stone. That's not what he calls you to be. He says to be a a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, and to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, the church is a family, a temple made up of living stones, a body held together by what every joint supplies. We'll keep reading. Uh, I forgot to finish to the end. Uh, For it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, the foundation, and the stone of stumbling, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. See, but you, individually, I'm talking to you, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people built for his own possession. For God to say, hey, you are mine. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous night. That that your life, that you with your mouth and with your life proclaim the goodness of God and all that he's done in your life every single day and, and bring Uh, other people out of darkness into his marvelous light. But verse 10 says, once, see at one time, you weren't even a people. You weren't a people, you weren't close to God, you weren't a a, a living stone, you weren't a royal priesthood, you were not a people, but now you are God's people. See, but now You are God's people, and at one time you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And 11 and 12, then we'll be done. Behold, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. And glorify God on the day of his visitation. You see, God, or, or Peter, Peter's telling us here, God's telling us through Peter that God has selected you and he's, he's molding you into something, right? The, the church uh, together building up a temple, right? In which you are a holy priesthood. Building up something good, and and people are going to know you are a part of this temple by the goodness that you do. In fact, if you're not going to do good, if you're not going to be a people, or or we aren't going to be people who do good, who are living stones, who, who serve God, who, what did it say right there? It says, who proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness. If we're not going to be a people who do that, then the question we have to ask ourselves is, am I in the house? Right? Am I this living stone that he calls me here? Because if I'm not doing these things, right? if, my, if I'm not known for my good deeds, if I'm not known 
one for proclaiming the excellencies of God the Father, then I have to ask myself, am I a living stone or not? (sighs) Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome to know that, isn't it? I mean, to know that, that when I can look back at the Old Testament or even look uh, to the now or in the New Testament, this picture of the church that's designed after that and all the glories and excellencies that are displayed there that God is, has reconstructed it into a better form, right? Because uh, he, says, he says the only reason Moses wore a veil is because that was passing away, right? Because that's not going to be as good as what we have now. And, and, and see, we, we see the excellencies or the wonderful nature of which God uh, is calling us, right? This wonderful position that he has placed us in and built us up to. See, the church is a family, a temple made up of living stones, a body held together by what every joint supplies. See, but, but business-like churches can, I'm, and again, don't hear what I'm not saying, I'm not calling us this, but business-like churches can be built on precisely the opposite idea of that. And it shows in many ways. So if not a business, then what? The idea that we are both consumers and providers, that there are both consumers and providers in the church, is not one we might like to acknowledge. (laughs) It is sometimes, however, a reality. What does the Bible say about being a consumer Christian? See, number one, consumer Christians don't exist in the New Testament. There's not people, uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 2 real quick. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Same, same place we were at last week. <clears throat> 42 through, we'll just read through, no, it says 44. We'll just read 42, 43, and 44. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45 says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
Now, when you look at this picture, the, 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 the picture of the first century church, picture of the very first church ever, and, 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 you, and you look at that passage, and, and I know that it does not say this technically, but I, I, I want you to think, do you think that there are people who are just, who are just saying, all right, apostles, y'all teach me, and I'm just going to sit here and listen to everything you have to say? Is that what he describes there? It's not what he describes at all. Because every single person is committed to growing, to unifying, to, to being of one mind, to committing to one another, not just sitting down or being alone. But they're committed to one another. They're committed to unity in the church. And we're going to look at more of that in a second. This is a hard question, and I know it is, and, and I'm just going to ask it, okay? Can you look at the church today and say we are effectively discipling and growing as we ought to be? It's hard, because I know that I'm not. It's hard, because I know... That, that, that it's, you know, it's hard for me to get up here and tell you, hey, we need to be discipling better when I don't disciple myself, right? When I don't have people or, or individuals that I'm trying to raise up in the church. It's hard. But I know God has called us to that, that God has called us to, to, to something better. And when I look at this church, the Church of the New Testament, I don't see programs that are designed to encourage precipi per precipitation. That'd be nice. I don't see <laughs> programs that are designed to encourage participation. See, what we see is a family of spirit-filled people doing all of these things naturally because it is what Jesus-following people do. Not because the apostles scheduled it into their lives. If church participation and fellowship depends on leadership's ability to schedule it into your life, then we have missed a major portion, major purpose of the church. I, 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 and, and, and I pray that, and, and we're fixing to look at Philippians chapter 4, I see what we see is a Bible in the Bible is a picture of a God-designed church that is not dependent on office-run programs, uh, but life that runs together. In fact, we need we need and we need to be building up and, and encouraging one another on to this goal. But look at uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse, uh, verse 11. It says this, this Jesus who has descended is, and, and also has ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ who are 
the saints. What's that, Steve? You can say it out loud. I know you can. Come on. Us. Who's the saint? I, I am the saint. You are the saint. In this passage, he's talking about you. And he says, look, I've, God's given you these people, and their job is to equip you to do nothing. No. No, he says, look, he's given us these people to equip the saints. And what's he going to equip the saints for? What, what, is, what are we equipping the saints for? Come on. To, yeah, for the work of ministry and building up the body of Christ. So he says, look, the, the, there's these leaders who have this job, and their job is to, is to equip you. Equip you to do what? It's, it's to equip us, to equip me. And, and you know what? I, I don't think everyone in here fits under the category of prophets. Uh, uh, man, I lost the page. Uh, I don't think everyone in here fits under the category of prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. I don't. But I think everyone in here fits under the, qual- or the, the description of a saint and that everyone in here, including myself, has an obligation to build up the body of Christ that ought to be encouraged by leadership, that ought to be spurred on by those who are our mentors to build up one another until we attain unity of faith. Right, until they look at us and say, hey, they are of one mind and they are of one body. To build up one another until we reach that goal. And so we reach the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed through to and fro by the waves. So look at what he just said. Look, in order for us to stop being tossed to and fro by the waves, it depends on you and I building up one another to bring that tribulation or that uh, turbulation to an end. Yeah, I'm listening. So, so I personally, I, and this is my, I mean, my opinion from the text. I can't, if that's what you believe, that's fine. But what I see here is him saying, look, there are people, he gave, he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. So I, I see it as him saying, there are these, these people who God has gifted in teaching one another, right, that... That in, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, which we're going to read in a little bit, says that God, the Holy Spirit has appointed elders for the purpose of overseeing the flock, right? And so, I mean, I, I don't believe that everyone fits into that category uh, personally. Yes, maybe he has a better answer.
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, I think there's like three different, four comments now, Byron. Yes, and, 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 and to answer uh, Clay's question here with that answer, right, that, that and, and what, I, what I believe is being said here by Paul, that, that God has equipped, that God has given you special people to equip you to better uh, be a peacemaker, right, to better be a, a, a servant uh, in all those different ways. And I'll come to Stephen one second, I promise, okay? Uh, I really agree with what, uh, can't think of his name right now, what Rick said. Hey, I'm thinking about a bunch of things, okay? They just asked me four questions. <laughs> Rick, uh, Rick's comment is really true. And and I I obviously, I don't want to come across, and, and I hate that, that there's a possibility that it might, but not as a, a church basher. Right, I guess I would like to call myself a church dreamer, right? To know that God has shown us this perfect picture, and every day I want to be like Christ, and I want the church to be like Christ. And we all have a place, we all have this position to work to build up the body, like it's talking about here. That we all, uh, which I, I didn't didn't even get to it, but when each part in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says when each part, right, that's when you and I and, and, and individuals are working properly, make the body grow, right, make the body grow uh, together so that it builds itself up in love so that we become more and more like that picture. All right, Steve, I'm sorry. You <laughs>
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a bunch. That's, I mean, he he's pretty much said it better than I could, but the fact that, right, that, that through encouragement, right, through building one another up, great things were achieved, you know, and, and great things will continue to be achieved through building one another up. How do we make sure we do a better job of that? And that's not just to Steve. Do you think that we could do a better job at that? Uh, I mean, and, and how, how would you say that we could do a better job at, at encouraging one another when it comes to building one another up, encouraging one another to work, uh, to be active for the church, to not just be a consumer, but to be an active participant in the church? <laughs> I hope that's effective. <laughs> Roger Dinosaur to church. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And in fact, my that's one of my points. Organizing yourself into it defeats the purpose of it. Right? So, so we can have all the organizations we want to create fishers of men, right? I mean, that was an organization. But the organization side, and I know Trey is trying to keep it up and going, but it's not staying up like it was, right? We're not having the same uh, correspondence with one another that we were. And I would say that that's probably because it, it ran through a program that came to an end. 
right? That, that it, was, it was brought to an end. It was reliant on, on other people to run. And then as soon as that other person's gone, it's over. I hope so. Yes. Yeah, and, and I don't want... I don't want you to think that I'm saying, and I would never say programs are bad because programs are good. I mean, especially uh, building one another up programs. That's obviously a good thing to do with your time and with your effort. As as they were, as he as as Rick was just saying there, right? That that you know, we just we just we just focus on it. You know what? Maybe, and I'm I'm gonna. I'm just going to say this because it needs to, I think it needs to be said probably. Maybe you're not the best at giving the Devo before we go to class. You might not be. In fact, you might be terrible. But I guarantee you, no one in here is going to walk up to you and say, that was atrocious. They're not going to. They're going to encourage you to do it again. No one in here is going gonna, is gonna to say, how dare you try to help me study the Bible. I just, I just hope, I hope that I can get better, that we can get better at encouraging one another and building one another up and not just sitting there and saying, hey, I'm content. Because I don't want to be content. I want to pursue greater things and I want to pursue greater things with you. And I hope that we're, you know, that we'll work towards that, that Say, look, I know, I know God has purpose for you. I know God has purpose for the church. Anyway, I'm over time. What's yeah. Well, some people will. No, no. Uh, and so that's that's one thing that, uh, you know, I wanted to make clear as well. He's really good at bringing up things that I'm like, man, I did not make that clear. But the church has to be run like a business at parts, right? If it's not run like a business in certain areas, it has no order, right? We lose all, and that's, I, I'm not going to get to it, but like, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 33, like do things orderly, do things correctly. And God's given us elders to make sure that those things are done orderly and correctly. And, and I didn't get to this, but their job, Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, 
to build up the church. Right? They have to do that. Sometimes, sometimes it might be through allocation of funds. Right? Sometimes they, they're going to have to deal with money. See, but their most important job is being and helping and raising the sheep. And from their most important job, I believe that we can see a beautiful picture for the church. I believe that we can say, look, this is the, what, the, what God says the elders should be focused on. And when they're, if that's what they should be focused on, I believe that it's what we should focus on as well. Right? Building one another up. And, I, uh, and, and, and I'm done now, I guess. But what I want us, uh, there was a lot more I didn't get to. Uh, but we're five minutes over, so it's fine, okay? But what I want us to do, right, if you got anything from this class, I pray, and we're fixing to pray, that you will, will find a way, right? And it can be food, it can be quilting, there's, there's tons of avenues. If not, find one, right? If not, invent one. Talk to the elders and find an avenue for service. Find an avenue for building up just do it. Don't think about doing it. Do it. Find someone to disciple. Find someone to take under your wing, a younger woman, a younger man, and raise them up to be like Christ. And help them. Help them study the scriptures. Help them to understand good things. Because that's what it means to build up one another until we attain the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.